Hey, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Build Your Tribe. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode and deciding to spend some of your time with me. I really appreciate it. Today is a special episode because in today's episode, I get to interview Chelsea Melcher. Chelsea is a nationally acclaimed professional opera singer, which that in and of itself is super cool. But she's now helped countless other students and voice teachers have crazy cool confidence and sing to their fullest potential. She's the founder of the Vocal Career Academy and the Nerves Be Gone Academy, and she's the co-founder of the Red School of Music with her husband, Paul. So her and her husband, Paul, work together. They have multiple academies, online academies, trainings, coachings, and she's a mom. And that's something that is really important to her and something that we talk about in today's episode. We talk about seasons and and motherhood and how she's been able to change and adapt as a year like 2020 happens, where now you can't do in-person singing and vocal lessons and things have to go online. And she is the mother of two young children. I think both of her kids are under the age of three. During the interview, she shares a really powerful story with us about rediscovering her why or her purpose, if you will. She talks about balancing it all and really an honest definition of what balancing business, career, personal relationships, and being a mom, what all of that means and what it really looks like in the modern day and age for a modern entrepreneur and one who's highly successful like herself. She also has some very practical tips for overcoming nervousness, whether that's nervousness to go live on Instagram, to speak up in your next Zoom meeting, or to do whatever it may be, put yourself out there and and take that next step in your business, bet on yourself, invest in yourself, whatever it may be. She's got some great practical advice there. So without further ado, let's hop into the interview. Hi, Chelsea. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Brock. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really excited to have you. Let's hop right into it. What has your journey been like going from an opera singer to where you are now in more of a teaching role and also being a parent, being a mom? Yes, absolutely. I started my musical journey when I was very young. And in eighth grade, that was my the first time that I worked with a professional company. It was a summer theater company that I did. I was the Blue Fairy in Sleeping Beauty. And <laughs> that was fun. And then I started studying classical style in college. And mm. there, from there, I really got the bug for opera. And so I did the Ohio Light Opera. I did a lot of concerto competitions and scholarships. And then I went to Jacob School of Music, which is one of the most amazing music schools here in the nation for my PD. And that's where I got to do Musetta in La Boheme, which um, for opera people, that's La Boheme is a very popular opera and it's one of my absolute favorites. So that was a dream role for me right there. And I got to throw a plate on the stage and it crashed into a million pieces and they had to sweep it up every single night so it was a lot of fun and also got to do opera idol which is like american idol but Mm. in the opera world it's not as big of a a deal um but it was televised and it was in chicago and that was fun so i was a national finalist for that so that Mm. was a lot of fun to do and then from there i did a lot of traveling and auditioning the whole sleeping on couches and going through all of these performances and different competitions and it was fun but i i didn't do it for very long i did it for a few years and then i just felt quite unhappy i felt like there was something missing and i felt like 
it was a bit empty. I felt like I was chasing the wind because you go and you do these things and you meet people for the first time and then you make wonderful music together and you have that connection, but then you are just off to the next thing. And I was like, where's the depth? Where's everything in, in this? And so at around that time, also, this is where our music school had come about. And so when I went to Jacob School of Music to do my PD, my husband, Paul, stayed in Ohio and he had a church music director job at that time. And then people saw him play. He's a concert pianist and, and a composer. And so people were seeing him play and sing and they were like, oh my gosh, we want to learn from you. And so he started having students from that. And I had a few and then he took mine over when I went to Indiana University. And then when I came back, it was this moment of like, what do we do next? What's next? And so we were very motivated to pay off our student loans. And so we decided to accept more students. And at one point I had 60 students that I was teaching every week. Yeah. And so Uh I was like, (laughs) I was a busy girl, um, but I didn't have kids at that time. But there was definitely a burnout moment. And we also, we were growing to a point where Paul and I, we had a wait list of about 20 people. And it was also around that time where we met Christina. And Christina is just a lovely soul, a musical soul, and a wonderful, amazing teacher. And she was able to teach for us and represent us. And she has the very, very similar values that we do. And she represents everything that we do at our music school. And so it was a very perfect transition at that point. And then around that time, I also had my first child. And so then I started to scale back with my students on on that. And then also, this is something I learned from Shalene, is the the power of outsourcing. Mm. And so at that point, we had this business going and we were looking for growth, but we just couldn't do it all. And so it was something where we found, and that's where we found Angela. And Angela is our business manager and she also is our social media manager. And so Angela does a phenomenal job and there's just a perfect chemistry. And so we were starting to develop a small community of like-minded people. Mm. And from there, it just kind of happened. I I suppose you say through a lot of things that I was learning, a lot of courses that I was taking, a lot of things I was learning from Shalene. And at that time, then we now have about 12 teachers, which is Mm. awesome. And we have all sorts of things that we're offering in, in our lessons. And so, and then there's also this pivot point of now becoming more of a a mother in that from the music school. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so Let's start to kind of unpack that a little bit. I know that you you mentioned outsourcing and even before you brought up Angela, who is, you know, kind of your, your business and social media manager, uh, just Christina, you know, being that kind of first person when you said her, my ears were immediately like, okay, that's, that's outsourcing basically is hiring someone who you, like you said, very much believe in and trust and is aligned with you to start to teach. And I'm sure that was something that was kind of a scary first step to take because I, I know for a lot of people, giving up any roles and outsourcing, even if it's just checking email can be a scary thing. So first of all, let's just, let's start there. Can we talk a little bit about maybe the nervousness or the the scared or timid? Did you ever feel any of that when you first started to relinquish and give up some of your duties to Christina? It was, it was very scary. I probably thought about it for quite some time, talked to my Mm -hmm. husband about it for quite some time. And there was something that I heard from Shalene and 
Shalene's like my Brian Tracy. So there's so many things that when I'm like, is this Shalene's voice or is this me thinking? Or, <laughs> um, but I, talking about you really can't afford not to because mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where people say, I can't afford to. But when you think about the priorities that you have and the creativity that you have, and especially with my husband and I as, as musicians and as artists, and if we're bogged down with all of the business work inside of it, then we wouldn't be able to do what we feel like we do the best mm-hmm. um, with that and teaching. And so there's definitely fear, I think, in, involved in doing something like that. But it's something where you you feel the fear and I just did it anyway. And mm-hmm. then there's, there's a little bit of a transition process where you have to spend extra time to teach and to show and to make sure that everything is aligned in the way that you want it to. But then after that, then you can just sit back and be like, whoa, look at this thing that's, that's happening. And, and because I'm letting go, somebody else is able to make an impact. And Christina has been able to touch so many lives with, with her students through that. And so it's, it definitely, involves letting go of control and we always want to do it right we always want to do it best and of course only we can do it right (laughs) no right and so it's definitely part of that process I think and trusting the process being like yeah this feels really crappy right now I'm really nervous about this but I trust the process and that everything will be okay I love that I love that so you mentioned outsourcing you also mentioned that like you were taking courses and still continuing to learn and then you started a family and there's a lot going on so let's let's talk about that for a second. How did you kind of manage or balance it all as you started a family and continued to have your successful career and even grow in your business? Yes, there there's a lot, a lot of failure, first mm-hmm. off, a lot of failure and a lot of grace. And I think sometimes things have to be out of balance for us to see where the balance actually needs to happen. And so for for motherhood, that's something that's very significant in my life right now. And I started off in college. I had a professor that I loved and trusted very much. And she had said to me, don't ever have kids because when you do, it's over. Like it's done, your career is done. And at that point, that's what I believe to be true. And mm. so I had this mindset for several years of like, no, 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 you don't have kids because then it's all over. And then I would see other people in the in the business and other singers and I'd be like, oh, they had kids, they must be done. Or and and so there was a part of me that was like, I can't do this because I will be a failure and I everything will will be done. And then really in, in thinking about it and how much of a false belief that is, that is, I think, an ideal that is spread across some of the, the music business and the, the classical and, and probably some other businesses as well, I think. Mm-hmm. And so there was something inside me that said, you know, this can't this can't be true. There's something that's out of bounds. And when I was doing everything and I wasn't, I didn't have kids, I felt so empty. This, And so mm-hmm. my husband and I, we had, we've had two children mm-hmm. and we're kind of in the grind of everything right now. So Michael, he's our eldest and he's now three years old. Oh. And then we have mm-hmm. Molly Mae and she's one year old. And they're both very clingy, both attention hogs. And so life is, I mean, once the day starts, the day starts and it's kids, 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 maybe a nap if we're lucky, kids, 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 and then go to bed and then retired. And so that's kind of the, the life I, we call it the grind is, is what we're in right now. However, I feel like 
I'm already an emotional person. And I think being a performer, it's, it's very interconnected to that. Mm-hmm. But motherhood has given me so many emotions. I did not even know that I had on such a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And something that, because before as a performer, I do feel like in, in being honest here, I performed because I got positive affirmation. I performed because I got attention and it was something that I felt like I was good at. And so it was repeated. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was also a point of, there's not really a whole lot of depth here. And Mm -hmm. then after I had Molly, and our parents, they don't live nearby, so we don't have all of that built-in yeah. babysitting, unfortunately. But we do have a wonderful community here of people that do help us. However, we we were just really, really tired. We were really in a grind. And we had this moment where someone offered to come over and watch the kids for us, and we could go on a date. Mm-hmm. And we decided that we actually wanted to go to our studio because nobody was over there teaching at that point. And we got out some music and we just sang through some pieces that I love. And there were just like all of these emotions just came rushing up about like fear and love and sacrifice on, on such a deeper level than I've ever experienced. And, and then just not taking singing for granted and being like, I can't always sing like this. I can't always just be away. Like sometimes I'm holding this crying baby and she's just, or a tantrum is is happening where I'm trying to make music. And so it was just my husband and I with our music making and just my tears, like my face welled up and I just started crying. And, and then I realized like, wow, this, this is my why. This is my why. It's not for the attention. It's not for this. It's because I have something to say. I have something to say as, as a mother and as a wife and as a a businesswoman. And it's, it all comes together through these emotions, which transplants through this music and this is my why. And so I think that that was a very big defining moment in my life and not feeling like I could take music for granted because before I had kids, it was like, oh yeah, practice whenever you might be tired from teaching, but you can still practice whenever. But now it's, it's like, oh my gosh, when do you have a moment? And I'm, I'm totally fine with practicing when I have children. It's that's, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's kind of at a deeper level of, of focus that you're able to do, or maybe your performances. And so since then, I really felt like in my soul, motherhood, it doesn't stunt your career, it fulfills it. And, mm. and in that, I mean, even if I were to do nothing else on a professional level for the rest of my life, I still feel like I've had more fulfillment in my heart from being a mother than I have from any of the other things or like claim to this or dropping names or whatever that kind of, yeah. it's so surface level. And it's really about this feeling of, of love and sacrifice. And so that's how I, all of a sudden my focus has shifted in that way. And with that shift, our business has shifted a couple of times and my mindset has shifted with that. And, and so now I'm very much prioritizing my family above everything else. And so I still perform and I'm still a performer, but I only say yes to the gigs that light me up. And I only say yes to the gigs that don't take me away from my family. They have to be both of those. And so I still want to be able to come home and kiss my babies at night or maybe like a short weekend thing, but it's, it's something where I can still be at home. And I'm fortunate that we have a lot of opportunities and a lot of things that I've worked and carved to create where I can still have 
my dream career, but still be a mother at the same time. And I do feel like I'm living that life right now. I think there are always things we can do more or, or better. But as far as, as, as far as in my soul goes, I, I feel like I'm living the dream life and able to, to do that at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love, first of all, your mindset. And I love this kind of like that you've discovered your why. And, and I want to affirm you in, in that. Obviously, you know, my mom and I both are our family. We're big believers in family first. And so I absolutely love that. But I think that, you know, there's a lot of power in those kind of negative mindsets or, or the self-talk that we give ourselves that oftentimes comes from the outside world. And it's cool to hear and a little bit sad as well that, that you at least know, I, I should say, it's cool that you know where it came from, but sad at the same time that uh, you knew that it was like this college professor, right? Uh, who said that, hey, like, don't have kids because once you have kids, it's over. And I think so many of our listeners probably have some tape that's playing in their mind. And I know we have an episode that's actually coming out on, it actually has already come out by the time they're hearing this, that we did with Dr. Shannon Irvin, where we talked about these negative mindsets. But, you know, whether that's, you know, you can never do this uh, because you're, you're never going to be skinny enough or you're never going to be pretty enough or you're never going to be whatever that thing is. Or once you do this, you'll never be able to do it again. So that's awesome that you were kind of able to overcome that. And now you've learned that like actually once you've stepped into that thing that the professor probably tried to make you scared of, you've actually discovered your why, which I think is, is really powerful. And it also sounds to me like it took some trial and error, or at least it took, took some time to really truly discover your why. Is that right? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think my whole life is just an experiment if we're going to be mm-hmm. honest. And I mean, things as, as simple as using Instagram, you know, let's see what happens if we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in every level, I, I think of just saying, okay, if, if, if I try this and then, and what happens from that. And so I've definitely, and my husband and I have definitely pivoted several times in that to just find the, the right balance of what we're looking for. Awesome. So let's, we'll come back to this idea of pivoting, but let's, let's go back to this thought of like these negative beliefs and the, and the things that kind of make us nervous. Right. And a lot of times these negative beliefs pop up when we need them to the least, like right before we go live on Instagram um, or, or before we sing on stage, I'm sure, you know, like stage fright, or even just like to press unmute and speak up on a zoom call. These things, they, they can create a lot of nervousness. And you own an academy uh, called the Nerves Be Gone Academy. First of all, let's just start with why do you think nervousness is so common? Like, why do you think we get nervous? Like, what kind of triggers that? I do feel like thoughts. I think that everyone has thoughts that come in our heads and they're not always the truth, but they can be negative beliefs or self self-sabotage and I'm very passionate about what we do with those thoughts because I I think that it's not necessarily getting rid of the thoughts it's not like they'll never come no matter what or you go and do this and then you never have those thoughts anymore but I think it's it's how we respond to them mm-hmm. um, and so and so one thing that I do talk about in Nerves Be Gone Academy is when those thoughts come the the three steps that I like to talk about with that is First of all, just be aware. 
the mm-hmm. first step is, is this is a thought that's coming in your head, but that doesn't mean that it's truth. And so awareness of like, okay, you're about to go live and you're like, oh my gosh, I look so fat and ugly. And they're like, nope, <laughs> that's a thought. Mm-hmm. That is a thought. And, and then the next step is rejecting it because most of the time, and I'm a proponent of negative emotions and feeling the negative emotions and making a space for those. Mm-hmm. But I think that the negative thoughts, especially the lies, the, those negative thoughts that are not meant to, to do anything helpful for us or productive, those mm-hmm. need to be addressed for what they are, which is lies. And so saying, no, 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 that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie, which is step two. And then transforming the thought of maybe making it the opposite is a lot of times where people don't know where to start. Like, well, I don't know what to think instead, but it's becoming our own our own cheerleader, our own best friend, or we're so mm-hmm. nice to other people. We're so encouraging, but we're not that way to ourselves and it doesn't make sense. And, and so having that thought of, oh, you're so fat and ugly, don't go on Instagram live right now. And then saying, nope, that is a thought. That is a mm-hmm. lie. That is not true. And actually I'm looking pretty swag today. So let's get this thing started. And so, and it doesn't necessarily take away the fear completely, but it, it helps to manage it in a way that is productive for us and that we can s- still feel like, okay, I'm feeling nervous right now, but I'm doing it. And then it's only after doing it that you can feel a little bit like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm still alive. That was, that was fine. Here I am. And, and then that breeds confidence. So I, I really am a big proponent of familiarity. And the more that we do things, the more comfortable we are. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love your differentiation between like negative or, or harmful emotions versus thoughts. Because like the emotion is like, yes, we can recognize that we are feeling scared and you can allow yourself to feel scared or feel timid or shy or whatever that, you know, harmful or negative emotion may be. But then the thought is kind of what's tied to it. Like you said, like, you know, oh my gosh, I look so ugly and fat today. And that's something that we can control and we can change. And so I, I love that. Let's talk about pivoting because this is something that you talked about a few times. What were some things that helped you pivot? Because it sounds like you've pivoted a few times. You pivoted from the actual like singing career into more of the teacher or coach role. And then now pivoting, you know, as a mother, there's lots of different aspects here and lots of different pivots that I'm sure have had to happen. What's helped you in your pivoting? I think the fact of realizing that it doesn't always, it's not a permanent thing. So Mm -hmm. I can try something out. And then if it doesn't happen to be the right match, then I can do something else. And that's actually happened several times. And so being an opera singer, it was wonderful. And I do still consider myself a performer, mm-hmm. but just in a different way, not, and I'm going to travel over the nation. And also for me, there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe I'll do that later. Maybe after the kids graduate and stuff And the thing for, for opera singing too, is that your voice isn't fully developed until thirties. 40s. And so there's, it's not like, oh my gosh, the time is too late. And even if it was like, who even cares? Right. Yeah. And so it's, I think that was one of the first pivots. And then I was very, very much into being the best voice teacher that I could be and still am. But with that came a volume of students that I couldn't keep up with mm-hmm. and, and give them everything and give them the best me and the best source of energy and knowledge that I could give them. And so then came a new pivot of outsourcing and adding more. And then with that pivot came, okay, now I'm an entrepreneur. Now I'm a a businesswoman, a business manager with my husband. And so then also with that, and then with our kids, 
there's a new pivot of, hey, if I do more online courses, I am able to prioritize my family even more. And mm-hmm. I can do this stuff in the morning before my kids wake up and then I can be present with my children. And so that's now the current place that I'm in is I'm still teaching and I still love my students, but it's, it's more of that focus and building more of an online presence is, is my current focus now. Absolutely. And something that I really heard there was that like, you know, nothing is forever. Everything is kind of like seasons or, or, or periods of time in your life. And I think that's really cool that, you know, there were periods of time where you could couch surf and, and go from, you know, friend's house to friend's house and travel around the U.S. and audition and go on shows. And there's also a time where you're able to coach people, you know, live or, or virtually like all day. And then now with kids like that might not be as possible, but you've been able to pivot in these different seasons and find a way to still make it work. So something that you mentioned earlier was like courses and learning. And I know that you're a Marketing Impact Academy uh, member. So how were you able to find time for this personal and business development, this learning, and even to take a course like MIA while still running your business and having your music performing career and be a mom of Michael and Molly May? Yes, for sure. This is something that I talk about in uh, my Nerves Be Gone Academy, as well as Vocal Career Academy. Vocal Career Academy is not currently open, but it's kind of the, the big course of everything. But it's about taking turns. And so mm. when I try to be an entrepreneur and a mom and a wife and a singer and a voice teacher, I completely fall flat on my face. <laughs> but when I when I, I split up my day and I try to be as 100% present in whatever I'm doing at that time. So in the mornings, I try to get up as early as I can. Some days are better than others, but I try to get up and I, that's when I work on MIA stuff. That's when I work on building the business, working on my courses that I'm making. Then my kids get up. Then usually when I'm with them, I'm like, okay, focus on this car. He wants to play slow motion cars. So focus on the car. Don't think about your course. Don't think about anything. So that's definitely a challenge, but that's the intention of what I have to do. And then, and then usually I have some time to actually talk with Paul when the kids go down for their nap. They go down. Let me say this at the time of this recording, they're going down for a nap at the same time. This took a very long time to happen. (laughs) And it's just, it's, it's kind of like a little dessert because it's a little pocket of time in the afternoon where we can have a conversation. Having an actual conversation is like dessert. And so we're able to actually be two adults at that time. Um, And then usually we go and we're teaching after that. And then I'm able to come home early enough that I can still be with my babies before bed. So that's kind of usually how I do it. And then um, sometimes if I don't have time for, for one thing, I'll say, okay, actually I'm a performer today. I have a recording session. And so I'm going to really focus on that, but it's, I don't try to do them all at the same time. So it's the taking turns that has really helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I couldn't even imagine trying to trying to balance it and juggle all that at the same time, like trying to, you know, record and, and work on your business and be a mom at the same time. I can't even imagine how impossible that would feel. And I'm sure it's, it's like you said, a dessert or uh, like a blessing totally when they both go down for that nap. How do you honor your boundaries then around that time? I know you said like, you know, you know, Michael wants to play slow motion cars and you have to like tell yourself, okay, like be here, be with him with the car. Don't be thinking about other things. 
how, what, what's helped you or, or how have you learned or, or is it still a struggle? Can you tell me more about like the boundary setting with the time blocking? Yes, it is definitely still a struggle for me. I love work. I mm-hmm. love um, performing. And so usually I feel out of balance when I'm trying to play with the kids, but then I'm thinking or I feel like my mind is somewhere else. So that's where I struggle the most. And and I think finding boundaries with that is first of all, grace, because mm-hmm. I just, I can't sometimes. And it's, it's very difficult. But then also having an abundance mindset, which is still, it's still a struggle sometimes, but it's really, really helped to think about it as in, okay, there's going to be more performing opportunities. There's going to be more times where I can work on my academies. There's going to be more time that comes up. I mean, when you're MIA, you have it for your lifetime. So it's not like, you know, and so thinking about those things. And even though I love to bury myself and sometimes I, and as much as I love my children, I mean, this is my why, right? But there are some days where I fantasize if I had a day all to myself where I didn't have to talk to anybody, right? In those days, the things that I think about and fantasize about are like, doing MIA work all day long and filming videos and working on my academies and and things like that. So I do like to, to stay in there. So that's where that struggle is. But I do think having the abundance mindset, knowing that I do feel like there will be honor and grace given where, where I'm making a conscious attempt to be a hundred percent in something else. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about grace? How do you define it and and what role does it play? Because I've heard you say that word a few times today, and I I would love if you could expand upon that for our audience. Oh, sure. So my religion is very interconnected into, into my life. And so with grace, I feel like we've been given grace. And in that way, we are able to give grace to others. And I think sometimes it's easy to give grace to others, and it's easy to forgive other people. It's easy to be kind to other people and and give them things that they don't deserve even out of love, uh, sometimes it's more difficult to do to ourselves. And so that's also something that I try to remember is that that grace is, is something that is undeserved, but yet there's so much love behind it. And and with that, I'm able to practice grace because sometimes it, it's not easy to do. So I'm able to practice grace with my my children or with myself or with my husband or with um, someone that's just being silly or stupid or rude or unkind or, or whatever it is. But all of these opportunities we have to practice grace mm-hmm. in, in giving some sort of love where it's not necessarily deserved, but we just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Chelsea. Any last words of encouragement or any final notes that you would like to share with our audience, our Build Your Tribe listeners here before we sign off? Yes. So obviously, whoever's listening to this is a fan of the Johnson family. And Shaleen was the start. And now, of course, it's it's grown into the whole family. But um, I started listening to Shaleen's podcast when she was doing her exercise videos Mm -hmm. and when I think she first started her podcast and I can proudly say I have listened to every single episode. Yeah. There wasn't something new released. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go listen to something. (laughs) And so so I'd find all, all of the episodes. And so that's kind of where it started. Then from, from that, I also 
did the push journals mm-hmm. and continue to do the method of that. And I think that is very life changing. And of course, all of the episodes of Build Your Tribe and how and it's been really, really cool to hear Brett come in sometimes. And and now the the huge role that you have in all of this and how how you've made your way into this, I think is, is super amazing and, and so respectful and so impressive. And so I've, I'm a diehard for Build Your Tribe as well. And then MIA. So at first I heard about MIA for a couple of years mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that right now. That's a really big investment. And I, I kind of made these excuses for myself of why I shouldn't do it. And then, I, but I kept hearing about it. I kept listening to the podcasts and I really, really wanted to do it. And the thing is, if you are considering MIA for all of, all of these people, if you are worried about money, that is the reason you should do MIA because there's, there's a trust in the process. There's a trust in the process of investing in something where you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And, but then that process is what transforms your life. And there have been so many things. And now I'm very much an implementer, so I have not gone through all of the lessons of MIA, but I like to implement as I go along. There's so much trust in the process and being like, oh my gosh, I've learned so much from the Johnson family so far and knowing that it's just going to keep repaying thousandfold in, in the future. And I think that's something to remember and also for anyone out there that's like, well, I have kids. I like, it's just too much. I can't do it right now. My husband and I last year is where we did this. And this was during COVID where we didn't know what was going to happen with our business and we didn't know what was going on. And then we had a a two-year-old and like a four-month-old and it was just, it was even more insane. And it was something where it was a huge risk. But it definitely pays thousandfold. And so if that's something that you're like, oh, the money or all my kids, it's really, I just really encourage anyone who's listening to this to just go for it. The the whole Johnson family and everything that they have done to transform my life and my family's life and uh, the mindsets that they teach are at the center of pretty much everything that we do. And so I have so much gratitude. I have um, so much like fanhood for (laughs) for everything like this. And I just really want to say that it is life-changing. So trust the process. Chelsea, thank you. Thank you really so much for that. That that means the world to me. And I can't wait for my mom and my dad and and the rest of our family to hear this. That really means so much. So thank you so much for that. And, And thank you so much for all of the knowledge you've given us today. We really, really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on, Brock. I appreciate it. If you are listening to this on either Thursday, February 25th, or maybe it is Friday, February 26th, you are somewhere in the final 24 hours of the Marketing Impact Academy being open for enrollment. The Marketing Impact Academy only opens up for enrollment and takes in new students once a year. New members can only join MIA once per year. Now, if you've been listening to Build Your Tribe for a while, if you follow my mom or myself on social media, if you've attended any of our recent live trainings or webinars, then you might already know what MIA is. But if you don't know, I will try to sum it up as succinctly as possible, but I I really think it's a challenge. It's a challenge to put into just a few words or a few sentences what the Marketing Impact Academy is. 
because it's not just a course. It's really a resource. It is your virtual business degree. And in my opinion, as someone who recently graduated from college and who studied communication and marketing and business while in college, what you're learning inside the Marketing Impact Academy is so much more current, so much more up-to-date, so much more valuable and relevant than what I learned in all of my college courses put together. And we say that the Marketing Impact Academy is a resource rather than just an online course because online courses were designed for completion. You're supposed to start it, you watch X number of videos over X number of days, and you're done, and you don't have to come back to it, but also you've watched every video. That's not the goal of the Marketing Impact Academy. The goal of the Marketing Impact Academy is that it's a resource that you can rely on for the rest of your life. My fiance Taylor and myself just bought this giant binder that has everything you could ever want to know about a wedding. Now, are we going to read everything in this binder, everything in this book from start to finish? Probably not. But when we have a question like, hey, what do you do about grandparents? What do you do for seating arrangements? Should you allow plus ones? What if the person's like a really distant friend? When we have all those questions, we can refer to this big wedding booklet. Now, are we probably going to read through the entire thing? Probably not. I think that's pretty similar to the Marketing Impact Academy. Are you ever going to watch every single lesson and finish every single topic? No, because for you, you might not care to ever learn about Pinterest, but you might care a lot about YouTube advertising. You might care really heavily about cybersecurity and password protection, and you might not care at all about building an Instagram following. But that's the beauty of the Marketing Impact Academy. It will always be up to date with the latest trends, research, and the information that you need to know. And the Marketing Impact Academy is a framework. It does provide steps to build your business in the right way. Most people, most courses that I'm seeing out there start with social media. And listen, this is the Build Your Tribe podcast. So I know the value of building a tribe and building a following and the importance of building a business on social media. But at the end of the day, if you start with social media, it's going to be actually quite challenging to build a business. That's why in the Marketing Impact Academy, social media is actually step four in marketing and building your business. So again, the Marketing Impact Academy is a resource and it's a resource that you have access to for the rest of your life. Once you become a member, you have access for life. So that means as we continue to add new experts, which there are over 30 experts who provide different trainings and mini courses inside the Marketing Impact Academy, as we add new experts, as we add new trainings, new lessons, new modules, as new social medias become popular, all of that content that gets added to MIA, you get access to. You have lifetime access once you enroll and become a member. But again, at the time you're hearing this, if you're listening on either Thursday or Friday, there's less than 24 hours until cart closes, until your next opportunity won't be until 2022 to join the Marketing Impact Academy. But with that being said, we understand that not everyone is in a position to financially afford full enrollment right now. That's why we have a payment plan. So when you visit marketingimpactacademy.com, which there is a link, of course, in the show notes down below this episode you'll see that you can join the Marketing Impact Academy today for $349. $349 to everything you could ever need to grow and market and build a business. Whether it's a physical location business, an online business, whether you want to become a brand, an influencer, whether you are a network marketer or a direct seller or a podcaster, 
The Marketing Impact Academy is for you. Who is the Marketing Impact Academy not for? It's not for someone who doesn't have motivation. If you can't motivate yourself, then the Marketing Impact Academy isn't for you. But you've made it this far through this podcast today. Just by that fact alone, I would call you a pretty motivated entrepreneur. When you visit marketingimpactacademy.com, you'll get to read about some of the bonuses that we have included in this year's launch. Those bonuses include recordings from the past six years of live events, two complimentary tickets to our next live event that we hold, one complimentary ticket to our live virtual event, which is happening in the next few months, uh, you also get access to a $500 bonus course for free and a ton of other bonuses. And you can read about all of those on marketingimpactacademy.com. I cannot wait to hear from you in my Instagram direct messages. I can't wait to receive a direct message from you saying, Brock, I just finished listening to that podcast that you guys released today. And I decided that now is the time to bet on me. Brock, I am choosing to believe in myself and believe in my business. And that's why I joined the Marketing Impact Academy. I can't wait to get that direct message from you. And I cannot wait to watch your business absolutely skyrocket. Thank you so much for listening today. Again, that's marketingimpactacademy.com. And as always, happy networking. <laughs>